Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. I want to invite all of you in the Building the Future community to join me at SUPEX, the Startup Expo in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this July 26th, where I'll be the MC. SUPEX is one of the largest and best startup conferences in the U.S. and the official gathering of the Building the Future community this summer. SUPEX has cutting-edge content, a cool startup competition, and a half-day forum this year called Hashtag Women for Women, the largest gathering in the U.S. in 2018 of angel groups, seed funds, and BC funds focused on female founders and female entrepreneurs. For more information, visit www.sup-x.org. I hope to see all my Building the Future friends there. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Frank Ford. He's the co-founder, co-owner, and performer at the four-day weekend, and he also co-wrote a book called Happy Accidents, The Transformative Power of Yes And at Work and in Life. Frank, welcome to the show. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I really appreciate it. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard about you guys kind of just for for a while now and just even before this interview i was watching some some clips online and i I think what you guys are doing with the four-day weekend is actually like really really innovative and cool but before we maybe get into that fun stuff let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up well uh, i grew up in the midwest Uh, i grew up in columbus ohio so Uh, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest, and, uh, and, and I graduated from uh, college from the Ohio State University. Okay. I know that annoys people, but we have to say it. We're obligated as graduates. And, uh, and that's what brought me to Texas, ultimately. I was recruited out of uh, the Ohio State University by Texas Instruments, which is an engineering company. Sure. And I worked in their consumer, sure. consumer products division designing graphing calculators and science equipment and notebook computers and all that fun stuff before I left corporate America to do four-day weekend that's the one minute synopsis <laughs> no I, I I think that's good so so everybody kind of well I'm, I'm 35 just so you have some context so I I basically grew up using the calculator that you worked on is that in, in math class is that uh, correct <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you're welcome by the way yeah, you're th- welcome <laughs> thanks for that I I think the, the the most fun I had that with that calculator is you could like sideload little games on it <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was something that we did not design for, but people are innovative. And once it gets in the hands of students and teachers and regular people, boy, they come up with all kinds of innovations we never thought of. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. So uh, you've done a ton of stuff, and I really kind of want to focus on more of what you guys are doing now with Four Day Weekend and, and the book and, and a bunch of other things. But give us some maybe some career highlights before – you guys decided to do the four-day weekend? Well, you know, it's funny. So, you know, I'm coming out of college, and uh, I'm working at Texas Instruments designing these these products, and somewhere along the way, uh, the comedy bug had bitten me as a child. Uh, 
Okay. And it carried through my adulthood. And when I got to Dallas, uh, I started to do open mic nights uh, and stand-up comedy. Okay. And uh, it, it was a great experience. Love comedy. You know, I grew up on, you know, Saturday Night Live, sure. David Letterman, Benny, Benny Hill, The Carol Burnett Show, uh, you know, all of these shows, Monty Python, and, and of course, stand-up comedians like Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Steve Martin. And so I was really influenced by comedy uh, as a child and into my adulthood. So I was bitten by the comedy bug at a very, very early age. And so stand-up was sort of that gateway uh, to comedy in general. And that's where I met my best friend, still my best friends today, uh, that we sort of left stand-up and went into improvisation. Um, and so all of us had had success uh, locally uh, within the stand-up circles. You know, we, we were emceeing and opening and middling and doing all kinds of stuff uh, stand-up related. And we sort of just found each other. We were like-minded and we sort of came together. Uh, and then when we came together, I started to, uh, on the weekends, if you can believe this or not, while working at Texas Instruments in Dallas, I was flying up to Chicago to attend uh, the conservatory there at the Second City, the famed Second City, the mecca of, of improv. Okay, and while I was there... While I was there uh, at the conservatory, on the main stage was the, a group with, that included people like Tina Fey was on wow. the main stage when I was training there. Rachel Dratch, wow. Scott Adsit, Kevin Dorff, all of these wonderful people. There was a review there called Pinata Full of Bees. It was directed by the great and legendary Mick Napier in Chicago, who runs the Annoyance Theater. And that was a mind-blowing experience that opened my mind and eyes to what was possible in the world of improv it, it was a it was a wonderful wonderful time uh being at the second city during that time because i got to see those people perform and and then and learn from some of the instructors that were there and uh so we all started doing that after i went up there i came back and said oh my gosh you know guys you got to check out the second city. So everybody started to attend the conservatory there in my small circle of friends. And we were so heavily influenced and inspired by it that when we got back to Dallas after our training, we said, you know what, there's really nothing here that is what we want to do or, or like what we want to do. Why don't we start our own show? So that was sort of the chronology, the impetus for what four day weekend became. We were so inspired by the second city that we said, Hey, as opposed to, you know, uh, hitching our wagon to somebody else's horse, why don't we start our own show and do our own thing? And so that's what we did back in 1997. And in 1997, just to put it in the context for some of your listeners, you know, stand-up was king, and improv was still the redheaded stepchild of comedy. It really wasn't what it is today. But there was the British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway. Sure. That opened the door in interest to the American version of Whose Line Is It Anyway. And now people had sort of a touchstone to or context to reference what improv is or what it could be. And, of course, now, like, there's Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader and all these different right. people that have come out of improv that everybody says, oh, yeah, improvisation, I know what that is. So it's, it's much more universal and commonplace now than it was in 1997. But we were bitten by the improv bug, and i got to tell you, it, it, it's still with us. We're still as passionate about it today as we were in 1997. No, I, I think that's great, Matt. So for people that haven't maybe heard of the four-day weekend, what exactly do you guys do? Because people can go check out clips online or go check it out if they're in kind of 
uh, the Dallas or Fort Worth area. But walk me through kind right. of ex- give us an overview of what you guys do. Okay. Well, today we offer up a lot of different services, obviously, than we did back in 1997. You know, sure. 1997, we were a straight up improv show. So it's a live show for your listeners who may not have seen Newsline, Is It Anyway, or, or an improv show. We get suggestions from the audience, and then we, we make up scenes and songs based on those suggestions. So our live show was our bread and butter. That was the only thing we did in 1997. It started off as a six-week run. Six weeks became six months. Six months wow. became six years. And lo and behold, here we are 21 years later in counting. We have a, a theater in Fort Worth and in Dallas. And now what we do, we offer not only live performances for the general public on the weekends every Friday and Saturday, but we do corporate entertainment. So we'll host awards banquets uh, or we'll MC events or we'll do man-on-the-street stuff for our Fortune 500 corporate clients or even smaller businesses. And uh, we also uh, offer up training at our training center. You know, we have a lot of students, hundreds of students a year that come through our training center to learn about the Yes End philosophy and improvisation. Um, we also now, the fastest growing part of our business is all the keynotes that we do and workshops that we do and motivational speaking that we do based on our book, Happy Accidents, the Transformative Power of Yes End at Working in Life. Uh, we teach about the Yes End philosophy, and a lot of Fortune 500 companies or, or just businesses bring us in to talk to their groups about this Yes End philosophy to help with their culture, talk about active listening, adaptability, being present, being in the moment, being a Yes End person versus a No But person, all a teamwork, collaboration. So that's the fastest growing part of, of our business. And so, you know, over the years, this Yes End philosophy for us, for Four Day, has led to, you know, we've won small business of the year. We got the key to the city uh, from Fort Worth. Thank you. Yeah, we're an institution uh, there now. Uh, We've done a keynote for Congress. We've we've worked with two different American presidents. Uh, It's been a a crazy, crazy run. And then, of course, we had the book, which became a national bestseller in the fall. And then we started doing things like entrepreneurs and residents at TCU's Neely School of Business, which is one of the best business schools in the country. Sure. So our, our offerings now are so much more expansive uh, than they were back in 1997. But it's because the business is, has grown by leaps and bounds. So we do any and all of those things, including uh, an arm of four-day, which is four-day creative. So a lot of ad agencies or people will come to us to either act in, write, or produce and shoot commercials and, and, and short films or, or different things like that. So we do any and all things related to comedy and improv and yes end. Sure. Okay. I, I want to dive uh, a lot deeper into a bunch <laughs> of the stuff you just mentioned, but, but I think that really yeah. gives kind of a good overview of kind of what you guys do. So go yeah. ahead. Sorry. And, and by the way, let me just, let me just say this. Sure. I'm not saying this to impress you. I'm saying it to impress upon you that the philosophy that we're going to talk about, the yes end philosophy, really, really does work. So all those accomplishments and achievements I just mentioned are due to us coming together as a group and all agreeing to play by the yes end philosophy, the yes end rules, which is the cornerstone and foundation of all improvisation that you will see. So we really embrace that. Uh, because we realized what worked so well for us on stage worked just as well for us off stage because none of us are business majors. So we needed a business philosophy. <laughs> and yes, then became our business philosophy. So there you go. 
Okay, so maybe let's start there. What exactly is the yes and philosophy? Okay, so the yes and philosophy, like I said, it's, it's the cornerstone, the fundamental philosophy principle tenet of improvisation. So sure. what happens is, say, for instance, we're, we're in a show, okay. and somebody yells out, cow. Well, you don't have time to judge the suggestion. You don't <laughs> sure. say as a performer on stage in the moment. You don't look at the audience member and go, you know what? We got cow last show. Let's do, let's do something else. Pick something else. Let's get... No, 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 no. Yes and in improvisation means you have to be present and in the moment and accepting of any and all ideas, especially sure. the first idea that's thrown out. So that's the yes part. Okay. The yes part teaches you to be open to ideas. Now the end part, A-N-D, is the building on the idea, the building on the pertinent information. So in that situation, we take cow. Great. And then before you know it, uh, we're doing a scene where there's a father who's milking a cow on a farm, and he's <laughs> passing over the tradition and knowledge of milking a cow to his son, and they're going to learn about milking a cow together, and we're going to do a scene based on that. It's being open to the idea. But in order to do that, the group mind has to be a yes and group mind. So there's no reactionary no or judgment of the idea. Uh, also, active listening, very, very important in yes and. You have to be able to hear the idea, okay, wait for the person to finish, and then you begin speaking when they're done to kind of add and build on to the idea to make it bigger and better. Because improv is all about collaboration. We know in improvisation, what we come up with together is far, far, far better and more interesting than what we would come up with individually. And the other thing about YesN that it teaches you is that when we take the stage at four day, we're not selfish performers. It's a very unselfish approach to entertainment uh, or, or, or performing. When we take the stage, it would be my job to make you look good, and it would be your job to make me look good. Sure. Not, you're not going out there to make yourself look good or to be funny or the funniest. We know that if we go out there with the yes and philosophy and we're setting each other up to make each other look good, then at the end of the day, everybody looks good. Sure. And so a lot of this stuff that I'm mentioning here about adaptability, active listening, yes and, positive forward thinking, collaboration, teamwork, uh, unselfishness, doesn't this sound like a lot of common sense stuff that we should be doing in our everyday lives at work, at totally. home, with friends, with, okay, right. So, so here's the thing. You, believe it or not, in our world, or what we consider to be true in our world, you are an improviser. You and I didn't script this conversation. Sure. You're not going to script the conversations you're going to have after this one. Your whole existence is improvised. The okay, whole thing is improvised. All of us are improvising. You know the old saying, the world is but a stage and we are merely players. Well, yeah. I say the world is but a stage and we are merely improvisers. <laughs> We're all improvisers, improvising our way through life. So sure. since you are already improvising, why would you not follow some of the same philosophies that we as professional improvisers do on stage by being a yes-end person? And the answer is, well, yeah, of course, that makes sense. It's a good fit. It makes perfect sense. So if you think of yourself as an improviser, and if you think of the yes and philosophy as uh, a, uh, an idea, ideology, or part of your life that you could incorporate to be a more positive individual or a more positive improviser, why wouldn't you do that? Interesting. 
And I think that's why it resonates with so many people, because once they understand, oh, he's right. Yeah, I improvise. I improvise all the time. I'm going to improvise later today. I can either improvise in one of two worlds. I can improvise in a positive environment or I can improvise in a negative environment. So, so what environment do you want to improvise in? We choose a positive environment, and that's what's led to our success and continues to lead to our success and doors being open for us. Sure. No, I, I think that's really great. So you work with kind of companies to kind of bring this yes and philosophy into their corporate culture. How do you guys kind of do that? And like how do you deal with the naysayers, I guess? Look, you're always going to have a no-but person sure. in the group, okay? But here's the thing. That is not how we as human beings are hardwired. Okay. Despite what the world or society tells you, this Machiavellian approach to business, especially into life, that is all learned behavior, okay? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you're taught that, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world. You got to stab the other guy in the back to get ahead. You got to climb the corporate ladder of success and step on whoever you need to step on to make your way up. Well, no, no, you don't. That's learned behavior. Do you really have to hurt people to be successful in this life? I mean, unless you're a sociopath, that is not how we're hardwired. Totally. As human beings, we are hardwired to be empathetic, to be compassionate, to help each other out, to collaborate. I mean, you see it, unfortunately. Whenever there's a tragedy or national disaster, what happens? People come out of the woodwork to help. Right, yes. Now, should it take a natural disaster or tragedy for us to tap in to the part of our human spirit and condition that is, that is just sitting there dormant and waiting to be awakened? No, sure. no, it shouldn't. We should always be doing that every single day because that's who we are. You know, Machiavelli once said, it's better to be feared than to be loved. No, it's not. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's always better to be loved than to be feared. Are you kidding me? Please, again, unless you're a sociopath, you understand this. So, so, you know, that's what we're bringing to the corporations because there is sort of like this Machiavellian undertone or undercurrent to how business is run. And the reason it's resonating is because people are realizing, especially now, hey, there's got to be a better way to do this. And we'll mention common sense things like empathy and uh, <laughs> active listening, you know, and, and, and opening a dialogue. And, and, and they're like, go on, tell me more. And, and it's really, we're talking about common sense things around the human condition, but it's resonating with them because the, they want their cultures to reflect a more positive environment. So over the years, you know, we'll have corporate clients who've hired us for a show. We'll host their awards banquet. We'll do an hour long show. We'll, we, we MC. And then slowly over time, they begin asking for our keynote. And now all kinds of Fortune 500 companies want to hear about it because it is a positive message, and it works. And a lot of companies, to their credit, have really embraced it and, and tried to become uh, more of a yes-end culture. You know, one of our big clients is Southwest Airlines. Oh, wow. And Southwest, we've worked with them for a long, long time. And one of their campaigns recently was, we are the yes airline. Now, think about that. Interesting. We're the yes airline. So now they're the yes airline. Well, they are. They're a yes and culture. And, and we've been brought in many times 
to work with their different groups there uh, to talk to them about the YesN philosophy. But that's a company that obviously has embraced it and not only embraced it, applied it to some of their advertising campaign to the point where people think of Southwest Airlines as this fun airline to fly, but more importantly, a great work culture and environment to work in because they have a YesN culture. Who wouldn't want to work for a company like that? So that's the stuff that really resonates with Fortune 500 companies uh, across the country, well, across the globe, actually. But, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's why they're kind of gravitating towards us, because of that message. And the book was just uh, a re- end result of all of the success we had with that keynote, because a lot of corporate clients said, you know, it would be great if this message could get out to more people, or if when you guys left, if there was a leave behind, something that we could reference. And that's why we wrote the book, was so that we could get it out to more people who may not be able to attend one of our keynotes or workshops, but then also for the people who do have something that's, uh, that's left behind where they can reference and read to practice it. Because the yes and philosophy is like working out, okay? okay. Uh, you, you have to practice it. It's, not, it's like going to the gym. You know, this year everybody went to the gym in January. Well, you don't go one day and go, all right, there it is. <laughs> new year, new me. I worked out for three hours, everybody. I'm in shape for 2018. Woo! <laughs> no, no. And you know that doesn't work. You have sure. to keep going to the gym, keep working. So in a world of no but, in a negative sort of culture that we kind of have right now, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of practice and repetition to reprogram and rewire your brain to default to yes and versus no but. So anyway, it's just a philosophy, but it's a philosophy that works, but you need to work at it. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And I, I love that actually. It, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it, you're right. I, I totally agree with the, the kind of traditional business of, of just like, you know, screwing whoever <laughs> to get to the top is, is always been kind right. of weird to me, right? So. Yeah, it's the court. It's because you're a human being. You're a thoughtful human being that has a, a compassion and you care. And of course, you know, having to undermine other people doesn't feel right because that's not who you are. It isn't. That's not who any of us are. So I, I'm curious to go back to the four day weekend for a sec. Do you guys try to talk about this kind of yes and philosophy? throughout the, that as well or work it in or how is it similar and different to kind of what you guys are doing with this yes and philosophy yeah so what we do in our workshops is that of course we don't sit up there with a powerpoint we always joke internally we don't use powerpoint we use people point and the point <laughs> is it's, it, <laughs> it's so cheesy that's but it's awesome funny. that's so, awesome uh, yeah right but but when we do this, we get them – it's an interactive workshop. Okay. So we'll talk and talk a little bit about the philosophy. But then throughout it, we'll get them up to do yes-end exercises. They'll do listening exercises. They'll do teamwork exercises throughout the entire keynote. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, the time blows by, but they're having a great time. In improv, you're taught show, don't tell. So okay. rather than stand up there and point to a PowerPoint and tell them – about this philosophy and tell them that it works we show them and we show them by having them do exercises that everybody participates in it's a lot of fun um so that's how we kind of get them to understand uh, the power of it because they actually do it sure. in the keynote well, or in it's the workshop more memorable, yeah. right because it is of course yeah because like i think we've all seen really good keynotes that you know the guy the guy or girl talks and it's really good 
but like how much do you actually remember of it, right? Like maybe a couple weeks, right. take a few points, maybe you go back to your notes and you remember. But if you were actually kind of participating in the keynote, you remember it for years, maybe the rest of your life. That is exactly right. Yes. So, so yeah, it, it, there's a, a dual purpose, dual function to having them do it. Yes, we have found that it is much more memorable when you're participating in a group activity to say, oh, okay, yeah, I remember when we did that. The book serves as a reference, you know, sure. to kind of go back to, say, oh, that's what, we, what they were talking about, kind of to refresh your memory a little bit. But, but yeah, the, the actually doing it, the activity part of it, oh, my gosh, there, there, there's no substitute for it. It's the best. No, I, I think that's great. Show don't, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I was just saying, show don't tell. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great. So you guys also do, you guys also have like a training center for new cast. So how does that kind of work? Like if I was, I want to be part of the show, obviously I come to you guys, you guys train me for a period of time and then I kind of get a shot or how does that kind of work? Okay, so how it works with us is, you know, we have five levels to our training center. So everybody comes okay. in, of course, level one. And what happens is you take eight weeks of classes. So uh, each class is once a week, three hours long. Okay. And at the end of eight weeks, on the ninth week, uh, the entire class does a showcase. Okay. And so they get to go up and they get to practice what they learned in that corresponding level. So you eventually go through the five levels. And at the end of the five levels, we offer up stage time to uh, students in the form of house teams um, or jam sessions where now you can, after level five, get up, or even before level five, but certainly after level five, get up and start to, you know, work with a, a specific group, which we call a house team, and you do that for a period of time. We, uh, the owners and main stage cast performers and members, we sort of go to those showcases. We will go to those jams. We will go to those house team performances, and we'll earmark certain people that we think, oh, you know, when we hold auditions for the main cast, because we're always expanding, sure. especially with opening up a second theater, we're looking for new blood, new people. And, and that training center is really like what, what a farm team is to baseball, uh, you know, the minor league. Got you. Uh, what it is to major league baseball, uh, the training center is to our main stage and, and to the four-day business. So it's sort of this, this minor league farm team that, that we earmark. But those people are very talented well, earmark certain people, and there's a lot of people who are on the main cast today, uh, and also people who work behind the scenes in some of our, our, our in our corporate division that have come out of the training center because they were taught the yes and philosophy. So they're already they're already in line with what our business philosophy is because they're one and the same. Sure. So, do for people that are interested in maybe attending this, do they need to have done improv or comedy before? No, not necessary. No, okay. we will have a mix in that level one class of people who've taken uh, improv training somewhere else and just want to take a different class, uh, try out a new philosophy, um, see what else they, they can glean or learn. Uh, but then you're mixed in with people that, you know, just they want to be better public speakers or uh, it was given to them as a gift and they just are doing it because it was a birthday gift and they want to try it out. You get, a, you get a good mix of professionals and novices and, and, and people who are just interested in it uh, in that level one class. It's a great mix. So, so, but as you go on and you start going through two, three, four, five, by 
by level five, you get people who are thinking, you know, this, I love this. I'm going to, I kind of want to continue this beyond the sure. training center. Um, so, but the level one is just any and all, any and all who want to learn about yes end and improv, come on, we're, we're open. You come on in, we'll teach you. I, I think that's great, man. So you guys are also entrepreneurs in residence at uh, Texas Christian University. What does that mean? And what do you guys do with the university? Okay, so <laughs> entrepreneur in residence is um, we are part of the graduate program at the Neely School of Business. Okay. Now, the Neely School of Business is, is a top-flight business school. They're highly sure. ranked and regarded in, in the country, and they have a lot of graduate students that are coming out of that business school. And being in Fort Worth, starting in Fort Worth, uh, Texas Christian University, TCU, is right in our backyard. Well, when we first started the show, all those students came to our show. And then because we were right there, a lot of the faculty have come out to the show. Well, somewhere along the way over the years, we were approached where we said, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and, and professionals and business people that serve uh, uh, in residency on our entrepreneurs in residence. Um, we would love for you guys to do that as, as well. And we thought, boy, what a great idea. You know, if we can kind of get this philosophy out to college students, I mean, that's sort of like the last train stop before you get out in the real world. So we jumped at the chance. And, uh, but the faculty and the students, they all were all kind of familiar with us and, and, and our successes and our achievements before we did that. But once they approached us and asked us to do it, we said, absolutely. And since then, what we've done is we've gone to the university to put on keynotes and workshops for both faculty and students that talk about the yes and philosophy. And depending on the group, we will tailor uh, the keynote to address whatever certain needs they, they have. So, you know, maybe with the faculty, we talk, talk more about leadership. Uh, uh, sure. and, and with the students, we talk more about, you know, adaptability and, 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 and using yes and in, in the workplace uh, versus, for instance, the Big 12 uh, met there. Uh, and uh, we talked to all the people from the Big 12 about just the yes and philosophy. And it was a mix of, of show and, and keynote. So it just depends. But we offer up our services there. We donate our services to the university um, to talk to the students and the faculty and whoever else um, they want us to talk to as entrepreneurs and, and residents there. And we're hoping that now they buy our books and they hand out our books and stuff. What we're trying to do also is develop a, a module or curriculum that the university can use uh, to have it in-house there or sort of as an elective moving forward. So it's an, an accredited thing. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but that is definitely uh, on our list of to-dos with the university. Wow, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah, I, I like that. Like just to, to your point, like it's kind of the last train stop before the, the corporate world. I. I I really like that. I, I think that's really cool. But I, I'm curious. Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. No, yeah, okay. I, I do too. It's it's our last chance to sort of, uh, you know, get to them before they get out in, in corporate America and, and maybe have some of their optimism and idealism beaten out of them. You know, that, we tend to do that <laughs> to each other as adults, right? Yeah. We're like, ah, welcome to the adult club. All right, now it's time to get rid of that optimism and idealism. You know, so we don't, we, we want to give them 
uh, as much ammunition as possible coming out of college to say, no, 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 the world needs your idealism. The world needs your optimism. It needs your yes, and positivity. So you don't let anybody tell you differently. Don't you let us beat it out of you when you get out of here. You, you, you be the yes, and person. You carry it with you because the world needs that more than ever right now. 100% so. agree. So I, I think this is yeah. kind of a good segue into this. I, I think it's worth mentioning you guys perform for – two U.S. presidents, and you delivered a key address to the U.S. Congress. What did you guys kind of talk about in, in the, that, that, those you know, presentations? Because that's huge. It, it is huge. Well, you know, here's the thing, and I'll give you a little backstory that okay. led up to it. You know, oddly enough, it was uh, um, Southwest Airlines that okay. helped us, unknowingly helped us with that. We were doing a yes and uh keynote workshop for Southwest Airlines, and there happened to be a writer there uh, who was a writer for their in-flight magazine, which is Spirit Magazine. You know, American Airlines sure. has American Way. Southwest Airlines has Spirit Magazine. It's the, it's the, the magazine in, in, in the net, netted pocket in front of you underneath the drop-down tray right. uh, when you're taking a flight. And so uh, anyway, he was sitting there writing, and eventually he was there for the yes, and they, were, they just happened to be doing a, a, a small blurb on creativity in the workplace. This guy was writing that. Now, our book is called Happy Accidents because we have encountered through Yes End and through positivity so many happy accidents that we've been able to capitalize on. Like, like we don't ever think, oh, that, that was random or a coincidence or a mistake. No, 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 it was a happy accident. So the happy accident, here's this guy, this writer, and he's writing a short little blurb paragraph or two to go in spirit magazine on creativity in the workplace okay and he's there just happened to be there while we're doing this yes end so the guy said hey uh, you don't mind if i be a fly on the wall and sort of watch what you guys are doing here today do you and we said fly on the wall do it with us be in the the workshop participate he okay. Said, okay so he ends up participating in this workshop wow and it's, yeah, it was like a three-hour workshop. Well, by the end of it, this two-paragraph blurb on creativity in the workplace ended up being this four-page article on four-day weekend wow. and our Yes End keynote. So now this huge article goes in Spirit Magazine. Okay. So there's a congresswoman from California, Linda Sanchez, happens to be taking a flight on Southwest. Wow. She's reading through the magazine. She sees a this article on us in our keynote, she goes in to Washington, D.C., into John Larson's office, uh, who was head of the Democratic caucus, throws it down on his desk and said, our meetings suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We need, we need these guys to come in and talk to us about yes and. So uh, all of a sudden, before we knew it, unbeknownst, uh, John Larson calls congressman john larson calls wow. david wilk who's my business partner along with david ahern okay. but he calls david wilk and he says uh, uh mr wilk uh, this is uh, john congressman uh, john lawson <laughs> and uh, and dave immediately was thinking oh it's it's me or, or dave the other dave it's one of us playing a prank on him <laughs> and so dave does it he's like congressman like what so he's answering the phone like, oh, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you or talk to you, Congressman. <laughs> and he said, uh, and then, you know, John Larson, Congressman Larson's 
he said, he goes, well, I've heard a lot of uh, great things about your organization. And David Wilk, without realizing it wasn't one of us, said, well, I'd like to say the same about yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ted Silence on the other end. <laughs> and then Dave realized, oh, my God, no, this really is. <laughs> so long story short, we're invited uh, to this retreat that Congress was having. Okay. And they said, would you come out and take us through the yes and philosophy, do your yes and keynote. Uh, and that's what happened. We flew out there and we were uh, sequestered in a hotel. It was just us and Congress. And, uh, and we, we did the yes and keynote that we do for companies or, or small businesses today. That's and we amazing. talked to them about what I'm talking to you about. Yeah, we did the yes and. And it was, it was an amazing uh, experience for us. It really was. And then Obama was there. We, we got a big picture, you know, our picture with Obama's, you know, I think it's on the website. Um, but yeah, that led to opening doors to then doing bigger venues and in places like Vegas. And they would have like, you know, keynote speakers there that we would get up and do stuff with like, like George W. Bush or Colin Powell or James Carville or Rudy Giuliani. Or, and so we started to mix and mingle within those fortune 500 companies and businesses as well. And we would do our show and keynote, with those people in attendance and, and there were just, there's been some great moments with that stuff with those people uh, over the years. So that was what led us to Congress and, and, and they were great. You know, at the end of the whole thing, they gave us a standing ovation. It was wow. surreal. That's yeah, amazing, it was surreal. Man. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, Nancy Pelosi came backstage and said, you guys were great. We loved it. <laughs> and I just thought, is this, am I talking to Nancy Pelosi? This is the most surreal thing ever. So, yeah, it was a mind-blowing experience. We loved it. And so, uh, but that really kind of opened the doors to all this other stuff. But it was a happy accident that came out of our keynote with uh, Southwest Airlines. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting because um, I, I always, I, I guess like before I heard of you guys and for a number of years, I had a similar phrase that I always could have said. I always called it like created, created luck, but happy. I like happy accidents better. I, I think that sums it up better right and it's more positive yeah it, it it is more yeah because luck you're like i mean and it's true look it louis pasteur once said that chance favors the prepared mind sure and what he meant was of course is that yeah if you're prepared and you and you persevere you're going to create your own luck and or windows of opportunity they will come along and if you're ready to capitalize on them you will now, that's a very antiseptic, sterile way of saying what we say with happy accidents. Totally. Yes, happy accidents is, is the same thing. It's just a more positive spin on that concept that you just described. But the thing is, is that you have to have an open mind, a yes and attitude to recognize them as happy accidents and not obstacles or mistakes or speed bumps. Because what happens is a lot of people will dismiss them. As, as being bad or a wrong idea. You know, in our world, there are no right and wrong answers because there's sure. no black and white. There's only shades of gray. In our world, there are only higher and lower percentage choices. Interesting. But what we have found, and, and that gives us wiggle room, right? Because there's no right or wrong. If something's wrong, you immediately need your uh, uh, reaction to it and you dismiss it. However, if it's a low percentage choice, you're saying, well, hold on here. Now, it's not great, but maybe there's a seed of an idea here. What we have found over the years is that if you yes and 
a low percentage choice or what seems like a low percentage choice rather than dismiss it, you will yes end it into the greatest out of the box, out of left field idea that you would have never thought of otherwise. Sure. Uh, because it seemed like a garbage idea when in fact it was just an unrefined, unpolished, unfinished concept or idea that just needed a little TLC. And then it became the idea that no one would have ever thought of because they would have thrown it out with yesterday's garbage weeks ago. So we have found that to, to be something that has helped us immensely over the years. So, so that's what we talk about, you know, when it comes to happy accidents. It creates a happy act like, oh, my God, look at this. Something we thought was negative and bad ended up being this really great thing. Yay. No, I, I, I love that, man. And I, I think like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I really kind of want to drive the, this point home again. You've kind of been covering it through the whole show. It's like there's probably absolutely no way 22 years ago you would have ever dreamt that you would have taken four-day weekend and everything else you're doing as far as you have in that time frame. Fair to say? That is, look, listen, like I said, if you sat me down, Okay. Now, again, you have to remember, my, my, I was at Texas Instruments, so I, I was very left brain, analytical, right, okay. numbers guy, versus right brain, which is improvisation. If you would have sat me down in 1997 and said, hey, Frank, listen, I want you to create a business around the redheaded stepchild of comedy, improv. Sure. Uh-huh. Go on. And, uh, and by the way, uh, here, I want you to take a look at the U.S. Census Bureau of Statistics uh, of, of – businesses that start in 1997 and are going to fail after the first year and then the precipitous drop off after year one to year two and then year five much less year 20 now i would have looked at those analytics those metrics and said i'm not doing this this is ridiculous this sure. is crazy sure however however i would have dismissed dismissed it immediately it doesn't make sense it does not make sense on paper sure but it makes sense complete sense in life so we had, when we were writing our book, uh, our consultant who was helping us with it, he said, you know, we're talking about, it, he goes, boy, he said, you know, when you think about it back in 1997, you guys had to be a little delusional back then. <laughs> and at first I thought, what is, what? Did, he, did, he, did this consultant just call us delusional? How dare he? But the more we thought about it, he's right. You know, na our naivete and our delusional thinking that we could do something uh, actually w was exactly where we needed to be. We didn't know what we couldn't do. Totally. We were very Socratic. We, we don't, the only thing we know is that we don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Socrates. Yeah. I, so, so, you know, so we're going into this naively uh, and, and because we went into it naively. Yeah. It was baby steps. You know, you couldn't take a snapshot 21, 22 years later and say, this is where you'd be. But we just knew that if we yes ended our way every single day, every single week, every single month, year, and eventually baby step after baby step, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, whatever, yep. you get to where we got to. Uh, but, but we knew as we started to do it, hey, man, if we keep yes ending this, uh, who knows where this thing can go? Sure. And, and that's what happened. It, it just – because – the saying no gives you the illusion of control and it totally. closes the door to all possibilities. Saying yes means, well, I got to give up some control, but it opens the door to all possibilities. And, and that's what happened in our case. You know, again, like I said, it works. 
You just have to practice it. You have to live it. You have to do it. You can't just give it lip service. So it's a philosophy for life. And, and fortunately for us, uh, we really embraced it and discovered it early on and used it to our advantage. No, I, I, I exactly, right? And, and I just wanted to kind of reiterate that for kind of the listener because I, I think a lot of people that become successful that a lot of people admire, it sounds really ridiculous, just decided to go for it one day. <laughs> well, like, of course, listen. Like, right? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, of course like, you it's... Of course they just go – listen, let me, let me share something with your listeners okay. here about that, about going for it. Okay, in improvisation, we never know where we're going, Okay, right? Sure. We don't know where we're going because we're making it up. We're making it up as we go along. So we never know where we're going. We only know where we've been. However, we're willing to step into the unknown Sure. because we know that we're going to make each other look good and, yes, end is going to carry us through. Let me tell your listeners something about – life and this okay. journey and if they take nothing else away from this please remember this life is all about the leap yeah it is not about the landing it is not about the landing you are going to land somewhere regardless sure but if you're unwilling to take the leap because you're insecure or you're fearful or you're afraid of this or you're afraid of that well you know, you're surviving in this life, but you're not thriving in this life. Sure. You have to, at some point in your life, be willing to make the leap, whether big or small, because that's what life is about. It's embracing the risk-taking, the leap to, to, to venture out into the unknown. That's, that's what this whole thing is about. It, it, we're learning. It's, it's, it's an education. This is one big, giant class that we're all taking and improvising it's one big improv class that we're taking and we're trying to improvise our way through it and and you know the more leaps you take in your life and and, and stuff that you can do to you know take chances and risks to explore this life well guess what you get an a plus sure no i understand <laughs> agree man i i think that's really good the other thing that you brought up that i really resonates with me that i i really kind of want to reinforce as well is you guys help people and not everything you do has to be a paid thing. No, no, we, we just did that. By the way, thank you for bringing that up. That's the, the charitable arm or portion of four day that we mentioned in, in the book is very, very important to us. Look, we had a lot of people help us sure. extend a helping hand, give us our first start. So we found that it was, you know, our responsibility to give back as much as we could. You know, we just did uh, a charity event uh, for a place called Cook Children's Hospital okay. uh, here in the Metroplex, Dallas, Fort Worth on March 29th. Um, and it was, we donated our space. Uh, we did a free show and we raised a lot of money uh, for this organization that helps children. Uh, basically, really they can get surgery. Yeah, they can get surgeries and medical treatment for, for free. Uh, and, uh, we teamed up with a local radio station and a popular uh, host of one of the popular shows here in the Metroplex. And uh, we just did that show for them. We love doing stuff like that and donating our time and our space wherever we can to like food banks or, or, or different groups, you know, like high risk kids will come in and do stuff. We'll speak to different groups that people are put on shows for the military. We've done, we've donated a ton of stuff uh, to our veterans. Sure. And, and people uh, who are evenly, you know, actively serving, we donate to those groups and to those people 
because, you know, we feel it's very, very uh, important uh, to do that. So the giving back part, that is part of the yes and philosophy. That's part of the unselfish approach to, to life. You know, it's not all about us. You know, it, this life isn't me, me, me. And improv, it's we. It's all we. And, and what happens is, is, is that when you practice the we philosophy, you go from ego to we go, as in we go places together versus, yeah, right? Sure. So, so the giving back is, is, is a crucial element or component to, to all of that for us. So sure. we make sure to absolutely do that as much well, as we can. Well, and even just an example, obviously, like I think is a, a simpler version is just asking that that guy that wanted to be a fly on the wall at one of your events to be part of the show. I think that's like the simplest yeah, example. Like how much extra effort did you guys put in? You had a quick conversation with the person, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you look. It, we're always open to other people's ideas or perspectives. You know, one of the things we talk about is that, you know, everybody is an expert in something you're not. They totally. just are because of totally. their life. Yeah. And so everybody has this unique perspective. Well, if we honor each other's perspectives in this life, then, uh, you know, we're going to be the better for it because everyone's bringing something to the table. Well, this writer who was there, I mean, what kind of yes-end guys would we be putting on a yes-end sure. show and, the, sure. and, and, and tell the writer, no, you can't do this? Are you kidding me? I mean, you talk about undermining everything in our messaging. No, we can't do that. We, have, we are yes-end guys through and through. So when the writer's there and he's saying, oh, I'm just writing a little blurb on creativity in the workplace, and it's like, you know, well, yes-end, why don't you do the keynote? And see what you think about it. I, I mean, you've got to have that yes and attitude. Why sure. wouldn't we do that? Yeah. Now, there's some people that would say, oh, you know, now nah, this guy, right? You know, yeah, he, totally. he wasn't signed up for it. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, it, that's a negative way to look at it. But so, yeah, we, we of course we did. We invited sure. him in. Well, and, you, and and look where it led you guys, right? Is is basically the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Like you just gave, you just were yeah. like, come hang out, be part of the show, and then you yeah. never know where a simple little nice gesture will will take you or not take you and it doesn't really matter if it takes you anywhere right right exactly that's the whole thing sometimes it doesn't lead anywhere but a lot of times it does yep. i mean if you if you just look at your life where have you had your your best experiences when you've shut people down and said no to things sure. or uh, when you said yes to, to things you know my growing up we all had this maybe as kids with our parents we all, as kids, would be like, oh, I'm not going to try Brussels sprouts. And my mom would say, well, how do you know you don't like Brussels sprouts until you've tried the Brussels sprouts? And then I would try the Brussels sprouts. Well, guess what? Today, love Brussels sprouts. Totally, to this yeah. day, love Brussels sprouts. But my mom was a yes-end person and didn't even know it. She's like, how do you know you don't like the Brussels sprouts? Try the Brussels sprouts. I tried the Brussels sprouts. They're delicious. So yeah, I, uh, by saying yes to Brussels sprouts, I eat healthier today as an adult. Yay. That would have never happened had I said, no, I'm never going to eat Brussels sprouts. Only chocolate pudding for me. You know, I mean, come on. It's crazy. Of course, we open up doors to really beautiful and great things when we say yes to them. Of course. No, I, I love it, Frank. But sadly, we're we're running out of time. So let's close uh, with mentioning where people can get more information about Four Day Weekend, the book, 
you know, and any other th uh, links and, and things you want to mention? Oh, okay. Well, uh, if you want to find out more about us and our corporate offerings and the training center and the live show, you can just go to fourdayweekend.com. That's F-O-U-R-D-A-Y weekend.com. And you can find all the information there. If you want to buy our book, you can go to amazon.com or Barnes and Noble and just uh, type in happy accidents or happy accidents, the transformative of yes and at work and in life. Uh, the transformative power of yes and at working in life, and uh, and you can buy our book there, or you can even get it through our website. So all that stuff is in one of those two places, or check us out on Facebook. We're there too. Interesting. Uh, one one last thing that I I just want I'm curious about. I, I I think the cover of the book is is really really well done. Walk, walk us through kind of why you guys decided to do that, and, and what is on the cover for people that haven't seen it. Okay, so now I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, okay, so uh, the, uh, it, it is a dual purpose here. It, it's a paint can that spilled over, right? Yeah. And uh, this, the paint is spilled out, and above the paint can it says happy accidents, uh, and then below it it says the transformative power of yes and at work and in life. Well, if you'll notice, the shape of the spilled paint can is a butterfly, totally. right? Well. Well, one of our charitable things that we do is called the Secret Blue Butterfly. Okay. Um, and you can read about that in the book or on our website. So that was the reason for the butterfly. It's also related to transformative, right? Of course. Totally. So the butterfly relates to transformative. Now, the color purple, well, Texas Christian University, TCU, Fort Worth, they use purple. That's one of the school's colors. Right. However, purple is also uh, nobility of purpose or nobility of intent right? Sure. So that, there's a meaning behind using the color purple there, right? And then, of course, there's the gold underlined, which is success. If you notice, we talk about uh, in our book, uh, return on improv. Well, if you look at our names at the top, there are certain letters in our names that just happen to work out this way. You talk about a happy accident. They're hi highlighted R-O-I, return on improv. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. our name. Look at the top of the book, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, and the acronym for happy accidents is what is it? Oh, H A. H A. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Ha. It's ha. <laughs> <laughs> As in comedy. Oh. So there's. there's <laughs> That's awesome. So right. So there's a lot of stuff going on on there uh, on the cover, but it was all purposely thought of and designed for the most part. The R O I in our names. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't plan on that. That was a happy accident. And the acronym for happy accidents being HA was a that's, happy accident. That's great, man. Well, Frank, I really appreciate you taking <laughs> the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keep in touch with you. And hopefully we can do another one of these at some point. Oh, my gosh. I, I would love to so much. You, anytime you want uh, me to come back on, I would love to. Kevin, you are a great interviewer and a host. And I truly appreciate you uh, allowing me to be a guest on your show. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also, check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.